This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey, everybody. Welcome to a lockout special. Uh, we are the California Penal League podcast, and uh, we are looking for some content because right now there's no news on the baseball front. We went from free agent frenzy to whole lot of nothing, whole lot of goddamn nothing. Uh, it, it came to a screeching halt. In uh, we're gonna just make <laughs> rumors up, baby. I'm, I'm into we'll that. Create our own kind. The not so hot stove. Ooh. That's just what we did today. Rumors about things we did. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, we would have done this anyway, to be fair. Uh, We like doing these as uh, some off-season fodder. But, but yeah, since we don't really have much going on in the way of actual baseball news, uh, we are doing version two, part two, of our Cleveland baseball what-ifs. If you're a newcomer to the podcast, hit up one of our earliest episodes because we did our first run at uh, Cleveland baseball. What ifs we're circling back around and doing it again. We got a ton of these. So you're going to get more of these episodes. Um, in the meantime, I am Steve with me as always fabs and Chris. Um, I have something for you guys, uh, before we get into our, what ifs. we each kind of have one that we've sort of talked about and picked. Um, but before we get into those, I felt this was actually kind of like relevant. I, Here's a what if Um, I am reading a book called The Game by John Pessa, who is like an original founding editor of ESPN, the magazine, and he writes a lot of baseball books. He wrote one about the game and it's called The Game and it uh, chronicles like Bud Selig's rise up as commissioner through his entire tenure as commissioner. And like during the, you know, you became commissioner during the 94 strike all the steroid stuff, blah, blah, blah. But currently I'm at the book, part of the book where he is talking about the whole lot, uh, player strike of 94, not a lockout, a player strike. And, um, it's interesting because here's a, what if for you, uh, I don't know if a lot of people like think about this, but like, what if the 95 season had actually had replacement players because the old, like really the only reason the, that strike ended was because they were like two days away from fielding replacement players for the 95 season. And uh, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor is the one that uh, sided with the players. And they actually had to like revert back to the previous collective bargaining agreement to like end the player strike. And uh, it's all very compelling stuff, very relevant. But could you imagine like, and I'll read a bit from the book that's pretty funny, but like, could you imagine, like, if baseball had just like forged ahead with replacement players in 1995, and like, what would the Indians have looked like in 1995? John Smith at first base. It would have. Uh, it would have removed, likely removed, a uh, very amazing memory 
for a lot of Cleveland baseball fans to finally, you know, get to that World Series. Also, it's I that's really funny because I think there was a I think the eighties were like this this like point. And and it's I that's why I'm like a bit envious of our parents' generation, because they got to really see uh sports when it was very low level, uh both from like a broadcast perspective, but also like crazy shit perspective, where you'd have you know, disco demolition night was allowed or the, you know, uh, uh, 10 cent beer night happened or, or in the NFL when they did have replacement players, like Mm -hmm. it's way too big business now. Like that, Mm -hmm. that's an unfathomable thing now. Like that will never happen for us to ever see. And so like the, I think the mid to late eighties was that like that final like separation where they like graduated Pro sports graduated to that, like, big oh, business. we can't, yeah, we're big yeah. business. Like, we can't do this shit anymore. Like, it, it's different now. And I, I I wish, I I mean, I don't want to give up the 95 World Series appearance, but I do, like, wish I could have at least seen it in my memory bank of, like, oh, yeah, I remember that dude who was, like, 450 pounds who played first base and, like, fell down a bunch of times and his pants kept falling. His when pants he was, like, kept run out of the single. Yeah, I was thinking I, that. I kind I'm kind of in into that point like Fabs, I'm kind of envious of our parents generation because like now these guys are making you know just boatloads and boatloads of money. But I would hear stories from you know my parents or or, or friends' parents or you know coworkers it's like you know they would go to like the VFW and Doug Deacon would be there. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Ted Williams showing up telling like, you know, wartime like, stories. Yeah. And stuff it's like, like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had like, these guys had part-time jobs and like, obviously like, I think these pro athletes now are, are deservedly paid for their skills, but there is a, 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 a there is a, level of disparity between the average fan and what these players, you know, live and it's never coming back. And like you said, I think the eighties was really kind of that, that spark. I think that's when the Super Bowl really took off. Like that became like a super big business and it, the production of it became like a bigger thing in the eighties. And I, I, I man, I do wish we like grew up with it because I I went down this rabbit hole uh, because Tom Brady's playing at like god mode level might be the MVP of the league and he's fucking forty four years old and someone's like this is a photo of Sparky Anderson the same age as Tom Brady and he looks seventy yeah. and it's just like it's just it's an incredible of like so I went in a deep dive of looking at like photo just like random photos of like Christmases from like the seventies and just. The like I remember stories of like oh yeah my parents would my dad like every weekend they go to uh, the VFW hall or like the Knights of Columbus and there was like a pot roast dinner they would always attend which is like obviously horrible from a health perspective but just like <laughs> I the, the air was filled with smoke and just like it was such a different like Mad Men era and I wish I could like view it but then like hop back here where I can right, have like yeah. my HD TV and like s- much safer existence. Right. Yeah. Much healthier existence. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, and the I, paps I, was flowing too, right? Oh, clearly, yes, yes, and it so was. The paps and strows and hams. They, that's what was <laughs> none of this craft beer, which I love. <laughs> oh, me too. I do think about like it would be like an incredible movie or just like weird experiment if like for one season all teams just like all major league baseball just went with like replacement players, but it wasn't like minor leaguers because they wouldn't want to get blackballed. It was like just like open tryouts and then it was, it was just, just like, like yes. dudes whatever. literally yeah. and it would be literally guys from like every city playing for their hometown team and it would become like it would basically Incredible. the world series would have like dudes with like 12 ERAs and like, and like I mean, crazy amazing thing. nicknames would come back too like Anthony Duke Arm like Johnson <laughs> yeah. is out there <laughs> yeah right like yeah, oh, I, I miss that that would be great <laughs> It would be it would be fascinating, but the interesting I'll, I'll here I got the book here. I'll uh, I just thought this was hilarious. Uh, the Indians actually were part of a major trade of replacement players on March second of nineteen ninety five. The Indians traded five replacement players to the Reds for nothing. They they didn't they gave him to the Reds. They literally just like handed off five dudes to the Reds, and. Uh, Cincinnati's manager, Davey Johnson at the time said Cleveland got the better deal. That was what his quote was about the trade of guys coming to his team. (laughs) There was, (laughs) this is really fun. He said uh, the 48. So Davey Johnson said that, and it says uh, Cleveland got the better end of the deal said Davey Johnson, who watched 48 year old Pedro Bourbon, a spot starter when the Reds won back-to-back titles in the mid seventies, fall down from exhaustion while jogging around the Reds complex in spring training. <laughs> you can't make then, that up. You can't make that up. It's I mean, incredible. The best, I will tell you this though, the absolute best tidbit about replacement players from 1995 is in the Mariners camp, Lupinella. Now, a lot of managers and teams actually said they wouldn't use replacement players. So actually, like if they had forged ahead on a season, like some teams wouldn't have played, I think. Like the Orioles... And the Blue Jays were told they couldn't play at their stadium. So, like, there was a whole lot. There were a number of teams that were like, we're not going to do it. But some teams said they would. So, Lou Pinella was uh, somebody who would use scabs. And it says, Lou Pinella saw his new recruits gain so much weight from feasting on the free breakfast, lunches, and post-game ice cream that he put them all on diets. That, like, his players were just, like, hot, like, just going to town on the buffets. And they couldn't, As somebody who, like like worked in the film industry with amazing craft services. I, I can relate to that. No, I do understand that. Yeah. When I was working the AP, it was like free food everywhere. Yeah. It was, it was heinous, <laughs> but it was wonderful. So it's, a, I'll have to dig into it a little bit more. I found like three of the, it's actually really hard to find some of this information. I found three of the names that they traded. They're all clearly sure. nobodies, but um, I think it would be fun to track down like everybody involved. I was going to say, I have some memories from, I believe there was a preseason game. Cause like you said, they were like days away from opening day. It was going to happen. Yeah. That's and there crazy. was a preseason game at Jacobs field. And I remember it being covered by like the local news. And, it was like someone's grandparent of one of the scab players 
like just like talking about how like enjoyable it was to watch their you know Johnny play second base for the Cleveland Indians. Indians. Yeah, like, and they were like, "This is the best day ever." You know, I mean, for these Johnny guys, who like, and it's like, yeah, like, yeah, it, dude, that that's a, that's a story that they will get to take with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, if like Major League Baseball needed scab players, I'd be there day one on the tryouts. Oh yeah, because like I don't care. I'd wear what, a cape just like in that I'd, Mark I'd, Wahlberg I'd movie. Leave my, I'd leave <laughs> yeah. my wife and kids. That would be, be like, amazing. That would be a great movie. That would be such honey. A fun I gotta, movie. I gotta, I gotta do this thing for the next six to seven months. Deuces. We'll go play professional baseball. Make a ton make, of money. You'll cut, make money. You'll make league. Gonna make like three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, then you get in, then you get into the whole like romantic <clears throat> field of dreams style where it's like, 100%. oh, I'm leading my I'm leaving my grocery bagging job for like three months because I'm gonna travel, you know, across the. Uh, the mid Atlantic because I I'm 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 with the you know the Catskill Cougars baseball team, dude. Okay, if you if you were to do a movie of this, the story would be that it would be a group of like nobodies who play for like let's say the Cleveland Indians at the time, and they like are really terrible at first, and they start to like play pretty well, but then one of the teams breaks ranks, and all of their players come back, and like that's who they play in the playoffs is like a team of actual major leaguers. And then that's they the beat replacements. Them. I mean, that's actually Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that's right. I was like, <laughs> I feel like that's like a lot of movies to like some degree. I mean, I think it'd be funny if it's like <laughs> is the one team is still only using only using replacement players, and everyone else like has normal players, and the team like breaks the record for the most losses. Because they're fucking like <laughs> shitty beyond belief. Like, it's just like super on. realistic and not Disney fied. <laughs> yes, they that are, they would go zero and if it started on day one, it would be a zero and one hundred and sixty two. It would be inconceivable that that team could win a game. Uh, yeah, I don't think I think that would, be, would be impossible. impossible, utterly impossible. Unless it was just like, what if we just bunted <laughs> no. every time? No, no, I gotta I gotta imagine that there would be some like. Sunday June game where a team is just like look this team has got nothing we're going to put all our our bench guys in we're going to give guy our lays into it. a day off and then like and then like one and like you know like they're like look at that like look that's how little they think of us right and that like rallies them together and they rattle off like a two game winning streak. That actually would well actually would be a really good climax to that movie would be a Ju- like a middle of the year June game. Like not, right. not anything yeah. around the playoffs, just like some no, no. some shitty June. It's like game. a three game winning streak in like June. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. But you do it like for love of the game where you don't know like you assume the stakes of this are going to be like very high. And so it's in the middle. It's like the central focal point is this singular game. But you're getting a bunch of flashbacks, and you're like slowly realizing throughout the movie, oh, the team we're rooting for is like they're fucking the worst team that's ever played, and they're zero and seventy, <laughs> and like this is just like an afternoon game of a doubleheader in June, yes. and th- this game <laughs> means zero. Yeah, and the other team is literally just like rolling over and giving it to them. Doesn't even yeah, they're like sitting down on the ground. Yeah, yeah. it's like nah, I'm good. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, please give me that movie. But yeah, I thought it was um I thought it was f- uh, a bit of a fun tidbit to throw out there during uh, our current lockout that uh at one point it, w- it as grim as it might seem now, it was pretty damn grim in 1994 and 95. Like the game nearly fell apart. And I don't think that's going to happen now. It's just a matter of like what's the dollar figure we can agree on. Yeah, it's, there's too much money now. I I think it's like less. There's of too much money issue. now, and I think that I think they can make so much more money too if they just. Get their, well, again, it's you know it's a, sort of the same their, deal as in '94. Really, it's like yeah, it's you, you're going to have new teams and you're going to have an expanded playoff field, and if you can figure out better like distribution of your content, everybody gets richer, and also just by default. Baseball teams, every sports franchise gets richer by the year. So it's well, like if you just agree on a dollar figure, you're good. And then, you know, the like universal DH, that's going to add more to the players, you know, longevity by having totally. a universal DH for bats. So then, you know, then what you're going to, I think what you're going to see is just like a lot of these, what? a lot of casual fans will probably deem as small concessions. Diehards are probably going to start rolling over in their grave because I think you're going to start seeing, um, like Jersey sponsorships on like the sleeves of a Jersey. Oh yeah. And on the side of the helmet, you know, I don't think we're going to be like Korea where they're, you know, the Tokyo, you know, LG twins, the Hiroshima card. Hey, having the yeah. most, having yeah. the most fun of any fans and or players in the world. Yeah, well, right. that's secondary to this, but I mean, over in over in Japan, like there's literally team sponsorships for the team name. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, you want. Yeah, you want to get be like about. the Sherwood Williams Guardians is what like, or I the, mean, like what we're talking about. The Cleveland Progressives. You know. It would be like, oh yeah, the Cleveland Progressives, yeah, the Cleveland Key Banks, it, 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 yeah. You think it's bad just calling them Guardians? Think about the alternative. Oh, yeah, and, and like, it's like what five that five year deals? Well, that's the thing, and like the money for that, it would be like so utterly insane that that day may come. Like there, I would say like there might be a day where there's an NBA team that becomes like solely sponsored. At some point, and then yeah, if, and then if there is a profe- there. if there is a North American professional league of the big four that would do it, it would be basketball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the WNBA. The WNBA has major sponsors on the front of their jersey, like yeah, prominently on the major uh, on the front of their jersey. Well, and, I, and I think you have that model from Premier League, like yes, where, where and, and, that's even, why, and that's why I, I, I skipped MLS for that, right? Right, because yeah, they're already they're already doing that, yeah. and and that that model shows you though that you can be a, a highly resp- like probably the most respected global league um, in terms of like from a business perspective, um, and still right. have 
Have you your saying, jerseys are have you saying names. FIFA? Are you saying FIFA as an entity is respected? No, no, I'm talking about Premier okay. League. I'm, ta- okay. I'm, I'm so okay. that you have a, a model where you're like, oh, this has worked. So you don't have to be, you know, like even as progressive as the NBA is, like no league wants to be the first to do something. And so as long as you until, have a, until they see that it's profitable. It, exactly. MLB I will mean, almost a, always be the last. And, you know, and but now that you, but when you see like, oh, Premier League is like, all the wealthiest teams every year on that like Forbes list are yeah. pretty much NFL or Premier League teams. Like right. that's that's the model. Like it's yeah. it's fine. You're not going to lose fans because you have a ridiculous sponsor on the jersey. Like I I don't care. Yeah. I just want the team to be good. I'll take the dumbest brown sponsor in the world. Like we get oh, the yeah. Cleveland shit scoopers dot com yeah. <laughs> slash brazers. <laughs> Big tit org, like that's yeah. fine. If we win a Super Bowl, I mean, I'll look really dumb with a picture of me with that jersey, but like, I'll fucking <laughs> take the Super Bowl. And here, I thought you were yeah. just going to say it would be like a Chevy or a Ford logo. No, <laughs> no, this super specific brand that doesn't jersey, actually exist. Probably the jersey is actually like one of those like Betty Boop shirts where it's like the head is removed, but it's just like a hot woman's body. Like as <laughs> yeah, big big boobs. Yeah, yeah. you're like that's the jersey of the team, and you're just like yeah. Yeah, it's just a Jersey Shore like Boardwalk T-shirt company that got naming rights for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> all all jerseys are basically airbrush t-shirts at that yeah. point. Incredible. <laughs> be that would be incredible. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. That's actually what like the Nets we'll go to or we'll this is our segue at some point into the actual meat of this episode, but that would be a great Nets throwback like city jersey to like jersey time if it was like a yes. fucking boardwalk like t-shirt. <laughs> and it was just like it's like Calvin uh from Calvin and Hobbes like pissing on like a the rest of the league. A New York logo. Yeah. Like the oh, NY logo. Yeah. And then it just says like on the back, like if you can read this, the bitch fell off. <laughs> you <laughs> have that. Insane. And then their alternate Jersey is like a button up club shirt. That is like 15 different patterns and colors. <laughs> yeah, right. It's oh. the tall tee. Well, that did you say that would be the warm up jersey? That should be the warm up. That could be. Would, that could be the warm up. Oh, yeah, that could be, be the warm up. Adidas sweatsuits. They would be like yes. the Adidas oh. like sweatsuits. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And they only serve like gobble sandwiches, and, and like <laughs> right. that's it. And the the pregame music is all like Sopranos like intro music. Yeah, Sopranos and, yeah. and like the Godfather theme. Yeah, right. that's it. Oh my god, I would love that. I need somebody to design those. I I would consider season tickets. I would. Oh, yeah. I would go. I'd definitely go to yeah. one of those games. Dad, um, these games don't feel safe. <laughs> don't worry, son. Son. Don't worry. They're not. This is all make, this will all make in, sense. And- we're in Brooklyn. There's a person on a unicycle parking outside the stadium. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Most people here are in top hats. You're good. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So getting into what this episode's about. Although everything I've we've said so far, I love. Um, we've got three uh, three new what ifs for you on Cleveland baseball history. Um, which one uh, do you just want to start from the beginning? And just let's run go down chronologically. No, okay. my list is not chronological, but let's go chronological. So Fab. All right. Is, so okay. Uh, so uh, let's let's set the stage. Set yeah. Kick okay. It off, so set the, the state. 
this stage is the mid-90s Indians who are utterly dominant. And this kind of ties into that 94 lockout season uh, because obviously, you know, there's been tons of what-ifs for those Montreal Expo fans because they were just whooping ass in 94. Well, 95, Cleveland Indians became a household name, went to their first World Series since 1954. Um they would go on to lose to the Braves, but in 96, they went to the ALCS. They lost in six games because, of course, the New York Yankees, they had a bunch of young, upstart, promising guys like Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera. But in 97, the Indians surprised everyone when they again made a World Series run. Uh, they would uh, they would go on to face a team, I think, most people thought we would beat uh, because the big NL powerhouse was the Atlanta Braves. Uh, but with the aid of LeVon Hernandez having just insane performances and a very wide strike zone for every time he pitched, uh, basically a foot off the plate in every direction, uh, they upset the Braves in the NLCS, and uh, we ended up facing them. The series would go to a a pivotal game seven, a lot of scoring, not a lot of great pitching in this series until we get to game seven where rookie Jarrett Wright is just pitching a gym until we get to the seventh inning. Bobby Bonilla, whose fucking contract we talk about almost every episode with the Mets, <laughs> yeah. would prove to be a huge hero as he hits a solo home run to uh, make the game two to one uh, with the Indians yeah. winning. Yep. We all know what would happen after that. The Indians, Jose Mesa would choke it away in the ninth, and we would lose in extra innings after a couple of errors and a ball bouncing off uh, Charles Nagy's glove. Um, and we would, uh, I would be a puddle of sadness just sobbing in my living room as my parents got in a huge argument about why I was allowed to stay up that night uh, <laughs> because of the repercussions of that game. Um, and so the what if is basically... There's kind of two parts to this. There's what if Bobby Bonilla doesn't hit that home run, but also I've rewatched this game several times. And, you know, when it happened, we were all children. We probably all remember it pretty, pretty well, uh, but maybe not as well as had we been, you know, teenager 20. I remember the 2007 run, the 2016, obviously only a few years ago. I remember all of those things way more vividly. Mm-hmm. But one memory on rewatch was, the top of the ninth, the Indians had runners in scoring position. If they if they get a single, the game's busted wide open. You have a three-run, a two-run, three-run lead going into the bottom of the ninth. Makes it a lot easier to close that game out. But right now, first, we're going to talk about what happens if Bobby Bonilla does not make the game 2-1 to one in the bottom of the seventh. So, okay, so I'm looking at the play-by-play for that game. And bottom of the seventh, obviously, you're you're right. Uh, uh, Bobby Bonilla leads off with the solo homer. Um, Jarrett Wright, or Paul Paul Ossenmacher, Paul Assmaker, as my dad used to tell me <laughs> as a kid. I always I always loved it. Um, obviously, still do. Uh, Paul Ossenmacher comes in and gets the last two outs of the seventh, and. In the bottom of the eighth, Michael Jackson and Brian Anderson pitch for a one, two, three inning. So assuming Bobby Bonilla, let's just say he doesn't hit that homer in the seventh, they're still down two to nothing. 
And going in into that bottom of the ninth, Craig Council's sacrifice fly cuts the lead to two to one. Right? I mean, then boom, you're done. You you win the game two to one, conceivably. Yeah. So, you know, even it's like, yeah, looking at, you know, obviously extra innings when, or or the ninth inning when, uh. Jose Mesa blows the game, but then looking in uh, the 11th, which you uh, alluded to, Fabs, when Nagy gives up that the winning run, um, it makes you wonder a little bit. And actually, here's where I could go with it for today is <clears throat> I wonder what his pitch count was going into that seventh inning, Jarrett Wright. I'd have to dig that up. Jarrett but like, Wright? Well, he finished you know, with 108. So oh, the good old days. Well, I was going to say what would be days. interesting. I don't think there would. I do not think this in this day and age, Jarrett Wright would come back out for the seventh, even with like a two nothing lead and under a hundred pitches. I just don't think it would happen. No, I think so. Let's even like t- like let's even factor that in too. Let's say he goes six. You know, he's so okay. So also, he's a rookie. Hard. It's not like he's a Justin Verlander. Where he's like done this a bunch of times. Like I know he's he's having a good like second half of the year and postseason, but like he's pretty still unproven in a super big spot. He's already you're already playing with fire in the fact that he started the game over Charles Nagy, which was like semi controversial. And so like Yeah, if you got six shutout innings from Jarrett Wright in like nineteen ninety seven in game seven of the World Series. You take that and go like, okay, great. We're going to hand it over to a, like our bullpen. It's right. where, you know, Austin Mocker and, uh, you know, Jackson and Mesa will shut it down. Right. And then, yeah, you have three guys right there. Seventh, eighth, ninth. It's it's all set up. I, I don't begrudge him because he was like having a great game and the Marlins bats were like pretty cold up to this point. But yeah, so... So Steve, he he threw one pitch to um Bonilla, gave up the home run. He struck out Charles Johnson on six pitches. On six pitches, and then walked Craig Council on four. So, so 11. he was already pushing a hundred pitches. Mm-hmm. You know, he was at 97, right? 96 pitches. My math is off today. Whatever. But we can all agree that. So really the what if. In hindsight, take him out. Yeah. And that's that's what the what if comes in, goes one, two, three. You know, goes one, two, three. Because then that leaves you Ostenmacher. Well, just didn't. What did we just say? Hold on. I'm well, having a two run lead also just allows you to do so many yeah. more things. Like it's you don't need to worry now about the the sacrifice fly. You can pitch around certain guys. Maybe you don't even pitch to Moises Alou. And you just go straight to Craig Council because Alou had killed the Indians in the postseason. Yeah. Like, he was super hot. So you just don't even let him have a chance to get a fucking uh, double like he does like later in the game. So, yeah, you just pitch around him to the Craig Council who 
pops out, and then it's like, cool, we have a runner on first. We're at two outs, and you just pitch low and outside and, like, assume Jose Mesa, who had been, like, pretty clutch all year, is not going to give up a two-run home run. Yeah. And then if things do fall apart, you still have Jackson Anderson in the pen, too. And Charles Nagy, who would and end up Nagy. coming later if you like if you needed him for whatever reason. Yeah, so the the what if really does just become what if Jarrett Wright doesn't go back out there for the seventh. That yeah. assuming everything else kind of falls into place and how everybody else pitched in that game, ultimately would probably result in them winning. I mean, obviously, you know, sure, only one run would happen if, like, we count the sack fly, but, like, you could argue conceivably that Cleveland wins the 97 World Series if they had been following, like, the analytical approach that managers do today. Where if Mike Hargrove had his big-ass binder in the dugout, they would have had a... this, or You know, this would have been preconceived hours ago when they were like, holy shit. Jarrett yeah, Wright some, gave, the, ner- if he, the nerds if he gives would six innings. Yes, they're like, hey, look, if Jarrett Wright yeah. gives you six innings of shutout baseball, that's it, dude. Like, that, that's more than enough. You that's, don't that's push the luck. That's more you could ask for. Yeah. And really, like, yeah. that's where the, the new school philosophy works to some extent. Like, again, you can't predict any of this stuff. But, like, like I would say this. It's this is a case where you probably should take him out and say, look, you gave us six innings, Rook, thank you. Whereas where Tampa Bay screwed up in the World Series last year against the Dodgers, I can't remember what exactly his stat line was, but Blake Snell in game six was pitching a fantastic game. And I think they pulled him. Right, right. I don't remember off the top of my head, maybe in like the fifth inning or something like that. And and it impl- the game imploded on them. And they didn't they didn't roll with the veteran Cy Young winner. And so I think like you can get in your head too much on the analytics. But this is a case where I think like having the the modern day approach probably would have won the, the Indians a World Series. Yeah. And keeping in mind, because the, the, the idea behind it isn't just the pitch count and being tired. The idea behind it is different types of pitchers, variety of pitches to give yeah. you a higher probability of the batter not getting on base. And Jarrett Wright, they had just faced him in game four. He got the win in game four, but now you're talking about basically Bonilla, his sixth time facing Jarrett Wright, yeah. maybe even seventh time based on how far he went into game four uh, in the span of, you know, like a week. And so your higher probability with, with more veteran batters that something is going to happen the more times you cycle through the lineup. So that's why you get maybe you even go with a guy who, who they've only faced, you know, in game one or game two, where it's like in the in the uh, in the relief position with a two run lead where, you know, the moment things get hanky, you get a guy on base. It's like, OK, we need to go with the more proven arm. But you now you'd probably get some random ass reliever for the seventh that you wouldn't ordinarily unless you had, you know, the makings of kind of what Cleveland's bullpen is now where you can basically have, you know, three guys seventh, eighth, ninth inning that are going to be reliable. If you only have like two guys though, maybe you go weird and get an inning seven to just like really throw them off balance. And then don't, you don't fuck around when you get in the eighth and ninth. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers were uh, trying to see if I screwing around uh, this year in the postseason as well, when they were using um, 
was it it wasn't Kenley Jansen it was uh they they were screwing around with Kenley Jansen I know at some point in the postseason where he was pitching weird innings um oh yeah he was I see him like in the sixth inning and I'm like it's a two-run game what's going on like why yeah. is this guy out here I don't understand anything. I this. think they were throwing some starters <clears throat> out at like weird relief mm-hmm. points instead of bullpen arms and it got really again Dave Roberts got really deep into that world of like well in this particular matchup it's like oh, okay like I'll use this random guy who has never pitched in this setting this season. So yeah, like I'm, I'm totally, I think you might the, even get to see more and more of that. I mean, you're, you're, you're definitely going to see that you're going to see unless major league baseball, like shuts I think down. you might see more and more of that. in like just the regular season too. Oh God, dude, baseball's so screwed. Like these games will be like four and a half hours long. Dude. Unless they cap crazy. it. Unless they, unless they, because the the three. I'm not saying every game. Stop. I'm not saying every game, but I I think it'll be a little bit more commonplace. I actually I wonder if like they'll get to a point where they're gonna say like, you know, uh, maybe guys have predetermined roles where it's like this guy can only pitch in like the seventh inning with maybe like an, a batter or two leeway of like the other two innings. So he can, you know, like you, if you have, you have a seventh and eighth, it's, it's like a position. It might get to a point where the bullpen has positions where you have a seventh inning guy, a eighth inning and a closer, yeah. and they can only pitch. Like I said, an inning, be- one third of an inning before or after to clean up a mess. But like, that's your bullpen. And that would actually, I I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't that think that wrecks baseball, but it would be interesting. No, I like that. I it could help. Well, solve I mean, that's almost just this. going back to like that's just going to that's just going back to the days of like, you know, like four man rotations, and then you know you just got you know four guys in the bullpen. Literally yeah. have like eight pitchers on your team. Also, yeah, and then, you know, then you know, what that's going to lead to then, what that would then lead to is teams to circumvent and get an extra pitcher. You would see position players who also pitch. Then you get the influx, uh, the, cool. the new wave, yeah. What's cool about that, too, is like that makes the analytics a very um, approachable topic for like young baseball fans. When you have like named positions, it makes it a lot. Oh, that's a seventh. We'll call it, yeah. they won't be called this, but like, oh, that's a seventh. Oh, that's an eighth. Like he's an eighth position. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I know exactly he's, he's supposed to come in during the eighth thing. Like that makes perfect. Like having, instead of it just being this slew of bullpen, the analyst, like that's the whole like thing in politics where it's like the messaging is the key. Like what you're selling might be shit. But if your messaging is like simple and easy to understand, you're going to win constituents over as opposed to like being right, being clear and concise. And I think that's how you can win young baseball fans in the analytics battle by making like things like that, making them positions, making them very easily definable things for people who might not watch every day. Yeah. I don't think it's that far fetched. I think it's, it's, it would be, there'd be a lot of kinks to work out, but it would be interesting. And it may, yeah. it may help 
curbed some of this, especially in the postseason, because it was mostly unwatchable baseball. Well, let's hope that no big wigs on their time off now, while they're not trying to get the deal done, listen to this episode and go, that's a million dollar idea. Because I have a feeling that that would be a big fork in the road for players right, right yeah. now. <laughs> Let, let's let's just toss it into this debate on everything else that we're trying to figure yes. out. So, something that would like but drastically I definitely alter think the game. I definitely think it's something that we could see in the future. Wow, yeah. Fabs, your your what if is really like took us that down that path. a lot. Yeah, that that was good. That, that did. That did. All right, yes. All right, let's see what That's this next one has in store. I'm going to just sit right. back and not say a single word the rest of the episode. <laughs> Earned my check. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and this mine, mine kind of dovetails into Steve's a little bit, I feel. Um, mine was, what if Andy Marte lived up to expectations? And what do R. I P. mean by that? Yes, well, yeah. First, first going out to say R.I.P. to Andy Marte. He, um, you know, died very young, uh, too recently. Uh, but um, what do I mean? Lived up to expectations. Baseball America rated him as a top fifteen prospect three years running, um, and he was traded to the Indians uh, before the two thousand six season, and he was also receiving many comps to a young Miguel Cabrera who is still playing. uh, Yes. Even though I'm pretty sure he's like 67 years old now. (laughs) So something like that. I don't have that definitively, but I know it's, I'm within like two. And then I forget which Miguel, like which world series team for the Marlins he was on. And it was 2003. Oh, yes. And I get like Dontrell Willis and just like these nightmare where we could have had a very fun historic before everyone hated the, the Red Sox. We could have had Red Sox Cubs, which curse will break and says like, or how about the Yankees and the Marlins? You guys want cool. that juicy World Series? <laughs> where everybody, where the whole Sold nation was like, I guess I'll have to root for the Marlins. I'm going to turn off baseball and not watch it again. Okay, yeah. bye. I, yeah, I was just hey. So look, I was just glad that like the Marlins band of mercenaries at the time pulled it off. That's all that matters. I mean, second band. Yeah, uh, Pudge. No uh, PDs Josh and Pudge. Who, who got I forgot. Way bigger. God, I need to look at that roster. Yeah, because it 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 probably it was blow my good. Mind. It was like. It was pretty nasty. Like the Mike pitching Lowell. too was sick on that roster. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, it works. It's they got more World Series uh, titles than Cleveland's over the last seventy plus years. Ever. So they've tied us. We have yes. nineteen twenty, nineteen forty eight. Yes, yeah. they have as many as a franchise. So clearly, there's many ways to make a <sighs> World Series and win it. Um. So Andy Marte, yeah, as you said. Chris uh, had he was a top prospect and I'm looking at some of his like minor league stats and I mean you know it's pretty it really is like when because he was originally a um what was it a Red Sox he was a Red Sox pick then he went and to then the he got Braves shipped. 
Braves, and then the and Braves sent him to us. And so, so he got his cup of co- first cup of coffee in 05 with the Braves, 24 games, did nothing. Played 50 games with us in 06. Yeah, some, some level of, I guess, okay, let's, let's see what we got here. And, and that was about it, really. Yeah, it's so weird because in 2005, when he was at AAA Richmond in Atlanta, he hit 275, 372, 506, had 20 homers, 26 doubles, 74 RBIs, uh, in 389 at bats. So, like, just a year before he was traded, Andy Marte at AAA, like, tore the cover off the ball. And, yeah. And was still highly touted and a top prospect. So, it is strange, Well, he though, was, when, what, like, 21? He was... He was still 21 years old yes. that year. Yeah, I think he was 21. In 05. That's insane. That's nuts. And then just so, so could not my hack what if, Yeah, my what-if really kind of... I think it's, you know, like, okay, say he keeps on those projections because he was a stud in AAA and and builds off that 06 season and goes on to be Miguel Cabrera light even. Like, I, I hate to say it, but, like, that could have given us enough firepower in 07 to overcome Fausto becoming Roberto Hernandez, uh, <laughs> CC uh, not having it all of a sudden. Right. You know, like, and that team in that 07, you know, that was like, I mean, we've covered it. You know, that was the Grady Sizemore, the Travis Hafner. Um, Prockville, baby. Pro- I mean... Like, I will say, pull up the roster. Would you like to know? Like, would you like to know who I think the most random ass guy on the 2007 Cleveland roster was? Who had like significant? I have, I no, I have the name. I have our first baseman. No, Um, no, it's it's there's two. It's it's a it's a tie between two. Here's mine. Here's mine. The most random ass guy who had significant contributions to the 2007 Indians was Josh Barfield who had 420 at bats, which like I can promise you, I do not remember a single goddamn one of Barfield's at bats. Well, that's another guy. If he would have lived up to expectations. That's true. Yeah. <coughs> I Who's mean, yours? He was supposed to be, you know, a second. Oh, I was going to say like Jason Michaels or Trot Nixon. <laughs> uh, put some respect on the Jason <laughs> Michaels, Nixon. David DeLucci platoon, man. I was gonna say Ryan Garko. Well, I, like, I was him. gonna say Garko's another. I was yeah. gonna say in my what if Jason Michaels doesn't play. Okay, Steve, you know my my displeasure. Oh, I do. Of what I might. This is gonna sound very um off brand for me, but if Andy Marte lives up to any kind of expectations in 07, he's your third baseman. You know what happens then? Goodbye, Casey Blake. Dude, the thing is, though... Or maybe he becomes an outfielder. He ha- he would have to, because, like, if I know how much you don't like him, but, like, 
Casey Blake, dude. But I would have taken a, I would have taken oh oh seven Casey Blake over Trot Nixon as a left as a over Trot Nixon or a Jason. He Michaels. had a terrible year. Yeah, now that's that yeah. is true. Casey Blake had a one hundred three OPS plus, and so so essentially oh seven tad above oh seven he was actually oh seven he was stomachable, but in the playoffs. Woof. I just remember those just like he couldn't wait to get back to the dugout after an at bat. Yeah. I do love that. Like, I know we're going to talk about it. I do love that. Like everyone was just slobbering to get to that world series from the AL. Cause they knew oh, they were yeah. going to fuck the shit out of the, the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> yeah, beat the living yeah. piss out of them. Which exactly, yeah. which is exactly and, what and happened. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> and my my point is, if Andy Marte is a halfway respectable player on that team, even giving you two sixty and twenty home runs. Now I'll say this: also the, oh, good, sorry, it augments see. the roster so much. Yeah, wow. I would say this because this is a part of my point on my my what if is the Indians lost. Uh, the last three games of that series by a combined score of uh, 23, 30 to five. So, yeah, we so had they, zero offense. So they, we had zero offense, but also we gave up 30 runs we in three games. <laughs> and so in that was pretty insurmountable yeah. regardless. But what I will say, the caveat could be if Andy Marte was even a shred of what he was supposed to be, both the Red Sox and the Indians had the same record that year, but the Red Sox had the tiebreaker and had the home field advantage. It's conceivable that that's another good. There's a there yeah, might be a win or two. There's a win or two in there that might push the Indians over, and maybe things are different when they are hosting the most pivotal pivotal last games of the series. That's a possibility, I would say. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a great. That's point. a great. That's a great point. Fenway is. Fenway is like definitely one of those few fields that's a big home field advantage. One, the dimensions, but also the fans are like right on you. And it's, uh, I always hate playing postseason. I would not. That is like a nightmare scenario to play a closeout games like that. Was it, was it 96 when we played there? Yeah, we won in 96. We, in 96, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, we did end David Ortiz's career. That was pretty great. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I, I will to... say, though, that, like, Andy Marte is, like, pretty significant for the Indians because that led us on, like, basically a decade of Cleveland fans overvaluing prospects. 100%. It was, like, the great gold rush for us. And it's it's just, like... Prospects became like that was the only currency that Cleveland Indians fans ever lived in. And like we still have it to some degree with some of the guys we've talked about on this podcast. Um, But that was he was like the one because up until that point, as like a Cleveland baseball fan, I had only known. I mean, I know we had some lean years starting in like 2002. But up to that point, it was like all homegrown dudes. And it was just like they all they all leapt like all together. And we had we were throwing money around, and it wasn't about like relying on one guy to become, you know, Mantle or Ruth 
to save our franchise. And it was, um, who was the other prospect around that same time? Was it, um, uh, uh, wasn't the, the pitcher, was it a um, uh, pitcher, Adam Miller, Adam Miller. Yes. Yeah, remember yeah. him? Yeah. Which, I mean, woof, if we could have traded those two guys before they just didn't pan out oh, for everyone realized. I mean, I think yeah. that's where our front office is like in that we've talked about it. Like they're in that upper echelon where they do do the whole Patriot thing of like training a pitcher, maybe a year before you ordinarily would think to. And then all of a sudden that pitcher gets injured and you're like, Oh, did, did they have voodoo dolls of all their players? And they just like, <laughs> right. Decide today. I'm going to like require Corey Kluber to get Tommy John surgery, bust out the voodoo doll, Paul Dolan. And he, Gleefully goes to his safe and like pulls it out. Right. Or the but devil he got, gets a manual class A before, before <laughs> yeah. doing so. Yes. The devil, the devil pulls out a little bit more of his soul, like with each like yeah. crazy transaction that they make. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, that, and that also was like the dark ages of player development for the Indians. Yeah. There was a reason why they yeah. didn't go back anywhere for nine years. Well, uh, for six years. Cause 2013 they went to that wild card game so like that that six-year period you were looking at game you, you were looking at teams that were fielding like the casey Kochmans and the matt laporta getting significant <laughs> playing time and it got yeah. grim it got grim but steve what did you just say six years like we are so spoiled yes indians right, fans guardians yeah. fans like that's the Pirates were insignificant for like 30 years. Kansas City, I know Kansas City got a World Series. Like I would do anything for that. But it like they weren't good since like the mid 80s. And it's Well, took the Indians were like, good for 40 straight years until yeah. they yeah, yeah. went to the World Series. 40 years of pure shit the Indians had to suffer yeah. through. And like our parents' generation that we were talking about, I I don't even know how you like manage that for like your entire life. Like how how do you how I do you did, watch forty years of bad baseball? I, here's how they coped because that did come up. Um, I, I took a look. They had what was called, there was this other team in town. Oh, yes. They're called they're. I don't. You guys might have heard of them, the Cleveland Browns. Um, oh. they played in the same stadium. Um, they they play this game called football, I believe. Okay. Um, they only had four losing seasons from 1960 to 1991. Wow. I did not realize oh, they, only, that. they only had four losing seasons. That's crazy. And they were all in like the mid 70s. It was like 70, like four, five, and six. And then there was like a random other year. Oh my God. And they were at amazing. least like a 500 or better team. I've never heard with of that championship with a championship in that mix too, in 1964 and yeah, 64. And you had some good Cavs years too. Like the Cavs were created. You had the miracle of Richfield. So that was something. And then the early nineties, like the Cavs got pretty fun. Yeah. Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Cavs late eighties. Yeah. Early nineties. Okay. That's so, a good yeah, point. Yeah. So, be, so yeah, to, being to in the a, point, like uh, Detroit has got to be, well, no, cause they had the Red Wings. So as long as you have like a bunch of teams, 
one of them is usually like good enough to like not make you want to like drink arsenic. And like Pittsburgh over the last 30 plus years has had the Penguins and then also date going yeah. back to like the 70s, the Steelers. So, right. That's like, a good point. Yeah. They're okay. But I well, mean, the if Steelers you're just were kind of baseball garbage fan, in the 80s. What's that? Oh, yeah. If you were only, yeah. If you were, can you imagine yeah, if you're like, yes. oh, I'm going to be a, a uh, a Pirates baseball fan, but a like New York Jets football fan, and a <laughs> <laughs> a Minnesota Timberwolves basketball fan. First Those of all, I want to know where you're living. And <laughs> second of it's all, a, a military family or something is like moving. Okay, yeah, only three all the places I've lived. Yeah, <laughs> these are these are my teams. <laughs> God, yeah, and. uh an Atlanta Thrashers fan, I guess, or something like teams that only like get like moved or like disbanded in the NHL. Um, yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's 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 so like weird when you put it into that context of of like the timeline to think like we have no we have no goddamn idea what it's really like no. to be like a yeah. fan of a bad team, and that's what a lot of people need like a reality check for. Is can I ask you? I, that brings up a good question. Okay, so like thirty next thirty years, you have to pick one team to be really good, one team to be like pretty okay, like you know, playoffs every five six years, and then one team to just be bottom feeders for the entire time in Cleveland. Which ones are you picking? Oh boy, because we're on this. We're, we're in a weird process. spot. I don't even. We're, we're in a spot really where every team might be good, but also might be terrible and could devastate or, our. Or could or could be just like super, like middle of the road though too. Right. Yeah. Like it could go all downhill. It could be all just it, eh, or it could be all like, hey, we're the new Boston. Right. Um. Oh boy. I would say this is like this is like the uh, the 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 game that uh, middle school girls play. Um, you know, where Russian you have roulette. To marry one. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Russian Sorry. roulette. Uh, I had a weird oh, middle school experience. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yours was. I don't know what the girls at your school were playing. Most of them died. One in six died. Oh wow! Yeah. That's hey wow. yeah. Who would have expected those odds? <laughs> um, <laughs> Somebody's like, honey, do you think like one in six girls at his school really died from Russian roulette? That's really sad. What school is <laughs> what this? you guys? What, I need what to dig you guys don't know is Fabs <laughs> says he grew up in Ohio, um, but it was Fabs actually like a, a Army former brat. Yugoslavian prison yard. Yeah, 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 no, he he definitely grew up in a Baltic state. Yeah. Um his dad his dad was over there, you know, as you know, serving the country and, and Fabs is a military brat. I um, yeah, I grew up on a diet of like stale bread, seal blubber, and, and caviar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and gruel. Yeah. I would uh, say we've just altered his backstory for the sake of our show. Oh yeah. Uh we gotta do some character development at some point. Uh, I would say, I mean, I per, from a personal preference standpoint, I would want the now guardians to be like 
the elite team, I could deal with the Browns being the middle of the road team and the Cavs as much fun as they are right now. Basketball is my third sport and it would be very painful to watch them become bottom feeders again for 30 years. But like maybe in this scenario, my mind is wiped and like this never happened. This run that they're on. Yeah. Where it's just like pretend it didn't happen. And it's just like in this fantasy scenario, they're just bad. So like maybe that. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. I, I, I would definitely want, you know, the the Guardians to go, like, let's say over the next 30 years, like, win four or five World Series. I mean, is that too much to ask for? That'd be incredible. I would oh say God. three would be great. Um, if you won once a decade. I was going to say, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit greedy, though. <laughs> like, not that's, super that's greedy, but just a little right greedy. There. Um, if the Browns were like a in the middle of the road team, like they can still win a title. Yes, yeah. it can like happen, but it's like you know a playoff run every seven years, every eight years. I'm like thinking nothing. like, and the team I'm thinking of is like the the like Cardinals? The Giants or, or the Giants. Like okay, the yeah, Titans, Car- Cardinals are good. you know, yeah. The Cardinals, they, the Cardinals here. randomly like go to the Super Bowl and almost win it. Yeah, like, yeah, like any one of those three teams. Like, I mean, the Giants are garbage now, but obviously the Cardinals and Titans are. Um, are okay, so giving you more like the yeah. Cavs. Okay, yeah, I would pick. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so the thing that's really hard for me because I love the Cavs and like. Like, but I think, you know, that's probably my third team. Like, the, the Indians, Guardians are always, like, they were my first love. Um, the thing that's hard, though, and Steve and I have talked about this, there's nothing like winning an NBA championship because the parade happens in the summer. It's, like, the best parade weather. It's always the craziest parade. You get, like, the coolest, like, merchandise from the team winning. It's the best trophy of like any of the NBA final or any of the finals trophies. So like, there's something really fun about that, but I would, I would, I think I'd pick the Browns to be my God tier guardians and then Cavs to be the, the bottom feeders. Um, Just because like, if I can guarantee the Browns are going to win three or four championships, like it is so weak. I, I admit, I admit, I, as much as I love how like they're winning games I also miss the good old days where, like, by this time of year, it's like, oh, whatever. Like, I hope we lose out so we get a better draft pick. Yeah, it's just, just yeah, the stress, like of, for the stress of the NFL season fucking sucks, man. Like, I, I can't even imagine. Like, I'm in California. I can't imagine, like, being a season ticket holder. And I'm glad I'm not this. And, like, Steve and I, I, I think all three of us have talked about this, of being the people that, like, God bless you, but, like, showing up at the Muni lot, you know, the night before – and then getting obliterated on a Sunday and then still having to go to work on Monday and like if the Browns lose, you're like uber depressed. You're that's right. like that's a tough existence, man. Like I don't know. And to do that for two decades, like and just like now, the games themselves. Like it, it this yeah. is all very new for us being the fans of a team that's like relatively good in the NFL because like for twenty years it was such a non existence, <laughs> basically. Like they might as well not have existed. Still. Right. And it's like as if five, it's as if like four years ago, they suddenly became a team. 
and were competitive because these games, yeah, the 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 minute to minute changes in a football game apparently yeah. are super exciting. I feel more bipolar texting you guys and our other friends every Sunday than I ever than anything in my life. I'm like losing my mind. Stefanski's got to go, guys. Like I don't know. Steve's like I'm not there yet. I'm like you're right. Me neither. And then <laughs> just like I'm like a crazy the person. Last, the last two plays have re- restored uh, enough faith. Oh, they ran that fun like option play. Yes. Oh, we're okay, running the screen. Back. All right. <laughs> It's probably, I mean, it's certainly a good thing we're not owners of a football team because we would have, like, <laughs> fired and hired our coach, like, 12 you, times. I See, and that's the key. I think you can't be the owner of a team you grew up rooting for. And I think most <laughs> people who have the, the funds to, like, own a team probably aren't, like, actually fans of sports. It's, like, so, a business thing for them, like, way more than it is, like— because uh, I would be, see, I don't you know. I have think videos goes of ways. me slamming shit in my owner's box. Like, there like, he I'm, goes again, and I'm just like bashing yeah. stuff. Well, well, okay. So then, I don't want to go too far Throwing without your grandson out of the load seat. <laughs> I'm like dangling. I'm like, do something. I, I don't want to get too far off topic, but then I have to raise this question: Does that make Shad Khan the most like? like the smartest man ever. Oh dude. Yeah. Cause he's going to move that team. You know, he's like five years from moving that team to like England, like to be like our, the first international team. And then he's going to sell it five years after that for $10 billion. But I mean, by all accounts, everything that's happened in the last two weeks with his team, he should have fired urban Meyer and, and just been like, you are clearly unfit to coach. But that's team. See, that's the beauty like, of the NFL, though. But the though. fact that he's like, nah, we're going to, like, stick with it. And then there's, like, articles <laughs> now being written where it's like, Shad Khan's a very patient man. You're like, look at his last two head coaching. He you doesn't know. want to pay out $90 million. That's what and he doesn't like, want to do. Well, also, right. imagine yes. this, though. Chris, that's the beauty of, like, that's why you want to buy a team for all the amazing reasons that are obvious. But also... Imagine like you could own a company and it never loses value. It only increases in value regardless of like how bad your employees yeah, perform yeah, every right. year. This how is crazy, th- how many work incidents happen at your, like within yeah. your facility, as long as you aren't like in charge of harassment where you're going to like be kicked out as an owner. But even when like, that happens, you're still like going to make one, a profit because you get to yeah. sell the team. Like that is the ultimate business where it's like, it doesn't matter. I could go 0 and 16 five years in a row and they've doubled in value. Like right. that doesn't well, exist it's, anywhere. It's, it's essentially, it's essentially like, you know, the owner of a company um, putting in, you know, like uh, a general manager, right? Or bad, bad example, because uh, I didn't mean this to get to be a, uh, a hate pile on, Urban Meyer convo, but well, oh, fine. we could do the, that. The, I'm the, fine. The, <laughs> yeah. the face of Sounds your great. the highest position, you know, outside of owner, right, <laughs> has a zero percent approval rating and is universally despised according on who you talk to by every other employee in that organization, and yet your company still will have your back. Gain in 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you're going to make be money. money. You're not, it's not even like, money. It's not even the value of your company increases. You also made money on the year. Yeah. That yeah. everyone performed poorly. That's what's so incredible from a business model. Like it's the best. And it's the ultimate it's, rich person hobby to just is. goof around and like run an NFL or, or a pro sports team and just and just like play it's like play it's like playing with your toys. These are like the action right. figures for billionaires to just goof right. off it, and like cuz cuz again, it's it's completely <laughs> risk-free fun for them to have. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how like no matter how many times Jimmy Haslam got embarrassed in every single offseason having to do his like sad ass end of the season press conference where he was talking about like the hunt for a new GM and coach begins now. He didn't give a shit because like he knew each year he was like printing money on this. Also, he had that North Star. He had that North Star named D Haslam who's like, hey, Jimmy, maybe this season you shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. And like we won't be a joke. And he's like, you're right, honey. She's got his balls in a vice because she's like, I could send you to it's prison like, like yeah. any maybe day you, I want. Maybe you keep your mouth quiet during the boardroom meetings. I mean, yeah, now so- they're beloved. Like, what What a great turnaround. They're like, <gasps> we're going to save the crew, yeah. win a Isn't championship it? with yeah. them within a season, build them a new stadium, and, like, have a really competent front office that we're no longer going to just show up and meddle in. It's so funny that, like, you don't ever – you never hear from him anymore, ever. It's the best. <laughs> it it's ultimately what it's was needed. <laughs> yeah, we all knew that. It's just like it, we needed him to realize that. Yeah. All right. So last one, we'll run through this one real quick. Um, the last what if kind of folds from uh, Chris's is, and this is one I think that would have had a pretty significant impact, is what if Cliff Lee, yeah. who, pitched, um, who, who pitched himself to a Cy Young in 2008, had actually pitched at a Cliff Lee level, the Cliff Lee level that we know he became in 2007. So what some people may overlook from the 2007 season is that Cliff Lee actually pitched uh, for the team for a pretty considerable amount of time. Um, He, uh, let's see here, he pitched... uh, well, the page froze. He made, he made 20, like 16 uh, starts. 16 starts. Yeah. Do you have the games. ERA and all that? Yes. Uh, his ERA that season was 6.29. And he got, I think he got uh, sent down at one point. He did. He did. That was his, also his age 28 year. So you would think that would have been, you know, hey, I'm prime of my career. Right. Um, 97 innings, uh, he had da, 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 66 strikeouts to 36 walks, a whip of 1.5, his... 72 uh, ERA plus. It was yeah, pretty bad. So <clears throat> Essentially, he was what? useless, and he was left that off was the a postseason season. roster. So, <coughs> Cliff Lee doesn't find himself until 2008 although the other sort of unlooked well he did have a good i was gonna say he did have a good 05 and 06 that is one thing that gets overlooked a little bit as well is that he pitched himself to a fourth place cy young finish in 2005 with a 379 era Mm -hmm. 
and like a 111 ERA plus 143 strikeouts and 202 innings. Um, and he was like 18 and five that year. If you care about that sort of thing. And uh, so I think what you were smart to do, Chris was put his 05 to 08 averaged out uh, in perspective that over that period of time averaged out his stats would be like a 391 ERA 28 games a year 28 starts a year uh 111 ERA plus pretty good numbers um that <coughs> woo, um when you look at what the pitching staff was for the 2007 team beyond CC and Fausto there it was like Jake Westbrook who had like a 432 ERA and not much else Paul Bird? Paul Bird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at yeah, Jeremy I mean, Sowers made a bunch of whew. starts that year. Talking about well, Jeremy Sh- Jeremy Sowers and Cliff Lee basically were, you know, your number five starter. Yes. I mean, when you put that, just the regular season thing you brought up like a little bit ago, Steve, you got to imagine him at a normal level. You win like two to five to maybe seven more games and you're, you're hosting that series. Not only that, but then the rotation breaks out in that series to be probably, I mean, let's assume, okay. If it's Cy Young level, uh, Cliff Lee, oh, if it's Cy Young, then it's like, go to, well, didn't go to bed. Like you're, you win the world series. Did CC win it in 07? Um, let me check. The years, the years get away from me. I thought he did because it wasn't Fausto. They blend together. They were him and Fausto yeah, were CC, like high. Yeah, they were both like in the top three. I think I could have sworn he was like a top three uh, vote uh, getter. Let me, let me check. So anyway, he was fourth. Okay, so he was fourth. Yeah, so Fausto was fourth. Steve. If you had had to like, let's call it two thousand eight level. Cliff Lee, you essentially would have like three of the four best pitchers in the American League, and you're you're opening that you're going to have that series open with CC. Now CC got blasted in that first game of the ALCS. They lost ten to three, ten to three, um, and then the Indians rip off three wins. But really, where it matters is that last those last three games when they got destroyed thirty to five. It's like. Cliff Lee probably makes a pretty damn big difference in one of those three games. Exactly. And all the Indians had to do was win one of those three games when they were up 3-1. So, like, I if you had Cliff Lee pitching... Not to mention we would have had home field, too. Most likely, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah you as, get home field, yep. So, what if Cliff Lee pitched in 2007 the way he did the next season when he won the Cy Young? Again, it's like... You you probably you probably win that Red Sox series in five or six, and then you're on to beat the shit out of the Rockies, and there's another title. So, assuming we also win that '97 one, when now hit now win. now let's, that would, that's one where I'm like that would like that, that world would make a that would certainly make a difference. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I right, think would, I don't think it would be too far fetched. To like with my what if and your what if, if those two 
items come together that year, do we sweep Colorado? Worst case, maybe it goes five. Yeah, I would say worst case five with that starting lineup or that that, that pitching rotation rotation and our offense. We had a good offense that year. We had five guys yeah. with 20, 20 plus home runs. Um, and let's just say let's just say Marte scratches and gets to twenty. Just oh yeah, I'm, I mean, not, even, I'm not even going to say yeah. Miggy level because that that's a big order. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're you're set up for well then two thousand eight, obviously, you know, Sabathia gets injured opening night and they end up trading him that year, I believe. Is that the year mm-hmm. he got traded to yes. um the Brewers? Yep. For the Matt Laporta project. Um I and it's hard with our finances. It's not like you want to say like you win the World Series, you 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 find maybe you find the money to extend CC because he goes on to have like a ridiculous uh, second half of the year in 2008 and, you know, obviously find success with the Yankees. Um, So, and then the revolving door, he's not on the Yankees for that 2016 season. Well, I was even going to say, let's say we win in 07 and maybe it allows you to buy a year or two of, CC's free agency, mm-hmm. even just a year or two. That, I mean, maybe it doesn't, you know, things do shake out where eventually CC does get to New York, but just that alone. Would and it's, be it's, it's, it's so hard. amazing. It is. It's so hard though. Like, because like, t- like think about how we talk about the Cavs. They've been shit for three years and it's just like, so like they're fun now. And it's like, this is so cool. Like, what if they do this? Like, I won't lose sleep if they don't. Like I, I, you know, I, I'm hopeful for our future, and I, I think we're gonna be on to big things. But like the constipation when your team is like been so close so many times, and like yeah. very heartbreaking fashions too, on the on the final leg of the race, uh, game seven, two game seven World Series in our lifetime. It, it's just like it's a lot as a fan base, and you just start to think like. It's just one of these things happens. It's just maybe it's a domino effect. Like it's that was the whole LeBron effect. It's like it's so hard to visualize yourself as winners until you actually win, and so you don't think you deserve it. And, and so that then as went Cle- to Game Seven too for us did. to win. We can never. And then, but then we always. But then, as Cleveland fans, that we put on the moniker of like it has to be hard for us. It fucking doesn't. Right. No. It could be easy. That's, like the Red Sox had so many years of constipation. And then it was hard for this series, but then in the World Series, they played a really crappy yeah. team and they swept them. Like, it can be easy. Some that was years. the same That's, when they won It's allowed to be. Yeah. 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 When they beat the Cardinals, it's allowed to be easy. Like, like, there are years the Patriots just, like, moonwalk into the Super Bowl and then just pound a team. Like, <laughs> That's, that happens. Obviously, it doesn't happen every year, but, like, as Cleveland fans, we don't need – to have eight of our guys go out on COVID on a fucking Tuesday in December. Like that isn't, that right. isn't a thing that sharpens iron, sharpens iron. We don't need iron to sharp. I would like everything to be cake. I would like to find out that the next eight quarterbacks we're facing all retired early and <laughs> yeah. all the coaching staffs resigned. And maybe people are like, are like, that's an asterisk Super Bowl. 
still counts in 20 care. years. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter because it's <laughs> going to be up there in the rafters. It doesn't matter. Give me cake. Give me cake championships for my life. I don't give a crap at all. Yeah. No. Maybe we you. should revisit. Maybe we should revisit uh, how many cake championships over the next 40 years are we willing and allowed to take? I mean, for what we put up with, like dude, like two, like just two, like just give me two. I mean, that's what we always talk about. We're always like, like, because uh, even Steve and I were like, Chris, don't get greedy in our imagination version where the Indians yeah. or the Guardians <laughs> are this five, are this dynasty. We aren't even allowed to fathom 30 years. in thirty years we can and win like, five hey, championships. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, hey, pump the, brakes, the baseball man. gods the are going to hear you, and then the team's going to relocate by morning to Baltimore so they can have two baseball teams. Well, that's how I even felt. That's how I felt looking at the AFC North standings uh, when I, uh, the Browns cur- <laughs> currently are seven and six and like the Ravens are eight and five. And I'm like, this isn't even a good year for the AFC North. Like, does it even fucking matter? Like if they were to like win the AFC North with like a 10 and seven record, like, does that even count? And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, yes, clearly that still counts. It's such a like, screwy thing to think like as a Cleveland fan to just be like, well, I, I mean like they're not like, tw- they're not like 14 and three. So like, I don't know. Does it really count if they were like yeah. to win the division? And then we, yeah. and then we if say they get like the 10 and seven, if they get the 10 and seven and they win the division with that record, so be it. Yeah. And then we, not we have to remind happen. ourselves like, <laughs> it doesn't it just get to the postseason Cause like I, I heard people on the radio today were like, if the Browns make it like, who cares? Like they're not even good enough to advance. Yeah, I mean, who thought Eli Manning would advance and win two fucking Super Bowls? Or you know, Eli didn't Dilfer, think he would. Eli Joe, never thought he would. Win yeah, a Super or Bowl. Joe Flacco. Like weird stuff happens in the postseason, especially with. I'll take my chances with like a pretty good defense and like a healthy Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like, cool. Just give me that. Give me, just give a, me yeah. clock control like, in the postseason. Like, like, would you rather not care. be in? Would you rather not be in and then just be like, oh, well. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be doing draft Can, can I get prep. into the playoffs, please? Like, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to look toward April. Like, we as a city need, like, a giant group therapy session. I know our teams have hurt us for decades. But, like, we're allowed to, like, want and feel like we deserve, like, excellence in a bunch of titles <laughs> in a row that sometimes might be undeserved because our opponents – Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson decide like we're going to be in Tijuana during the championship. That's fine. It still yeah. counts. Like I don't. We're allowed. We 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 deserve that. We're allowed to well, have that. It's okay. That's like uh, also in 2016 uh, wrapping things up here uh, when the when Draymond was suspended for game five, I believe, uh, with the Warriors. Five, yeah, and everybody's like, "Well, it doesn't count because Draymond was suspended." It's like, well. Shut the fuck up. Okay, then. But then also, he was there for six and seven, so it counts. Correct. And yeah. seven was on the road, and they were an eight, they were a 73-win team. So, like, and also we lost Kevin Love for, like, a game and a half with a concussion. And the previous year, Kyrie Irving's knee exploded. So, like, and Kevin Love's arm was ripped out of his yes. socket. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't really care. I don't give a that shit. That Draymond, yeah. also Draymond, like, kept... He suddenly hasn't had – Steve and I have talked about this. He hasn't had that awkward, like, follow-through motion in, like, three years now. So that's weird that that disappeared. Oh, I'm sure it'll come back. Like, now that the Warriors are, like, back to being the Warriors, I'm sure in, like, the Western Conference Finals, he'll, like, kick, like, Anthony Davis's nuts and they'll, like, explode on the court. 
Like, I guarantee you that's going to happen. <laughs> Suddenly you know he'll, find his know leg, he'll find his legs again. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, all right. That is that is it for round two of the Cleveland baseball. What ifs um, lockout content will continue uh, moving forward until morale improves. So um, if any news does break, obviously, hey, we will just- talk about it. And just one other thing, just want to say happy birthday to us. It's a little belated, but we've made it, boys. <laughs> we did full it. Full season, or full year. What was thank the- you to all the listeners yeah. as well. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for uh, sticking with us for this thank full you. year. Uh, what's What was the date? Do you know it off the top of your head? Uh, December 11th is when our first episode dropped. Love it. All right. So, yeah, one year old, baby. Got some teeth coming in. Uh, got to say some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stumbling around trying to get sea legs. Yeah, we can sit up pretty well. We're like thinking about walking. This is good stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. No, thanks to everybody for you know listening, sticking with us, and uh, continuing on this crazy journey with us. Um, we'll be back with another episode. Obviously, (laughs) it's not one one and done. We're not uh, we're not playing college basketball here, but. The uh, next thing you should do is rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. Follow us on social at Calpino Pod. And uh, we'll catch you guys later.